Yo, Harry. Yo, Q. How are you doing today, buddy? Doing well. Pete Blood. <laughs> I don't know if this is the show for that. But you know what? I already said it, so we're just going to roll with it. You're right. Right. Um, welcome to the We Important Show, where we talk about ticklish, controversial matters without your consent. And without further ado, let's get rolling. Let's get it. got a good casual show for you folks today yep 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 it's the first week of february we have a good friend of ours ben manley sitting in today what's going on ben not much i was not doing shit about two hours ago and then you said hey come over be on the podcast so and here you are and here i am making <laughs> things happen yeah we've been talking a lot a little yeah again off mic a lot getting warmed up it's like an over the gene hand job right yeah. before we get into the sex heading yeah <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, just for all our guests, our future guests, that's you can expect. What did you say? What, what? heavy petting? Heavy petting. That's, that's, that's a boomer term right there. You can expect Fuck a lot heavy of heavy petting over there. Heavy petting at the drive-in movie theater. Oh my gosh! God damn! I it. said that shit in front of my fucking English teacher in uh, high school, and she just looked at me like, "What the?" Fuck's she knew wrong exactly with you? what yeah, you're she, talking she's about. She's like, "I know what you mean, and I haven't heard that said in about forty years." She's like, "Yeah, I've been through, I've been through a couple rodeos." Yeah, she's like, "I've been around." That's fucking wild. But uh. For those listening, uh, me and Ben went to high school together. We went to Bruxelles, Broadview Heights. I, uh, I transferred there my senior year. Didn't really give a fuck to meet anybody. I was there just to wrestle, and he was one of the first people to kind of welcome me in and into this friend group. You know, looking back, like, I don't know if, you know, senior year would have went as f- flowing and fluid as it did without mm-hmm. him being so nice to me and open. And the best part about it is... Uh, He's an asshole just like us. So yeah, it, ma- right. it makes it so much better. You like, can't ask for anything better. If you can't, like, you know, we said this in the first <laughs> episode. If you can't be an asshole and take a joke back, like, I mean, we really shouldn't be friends. And yeah, he was one fair of the disclaimer. And you ask, you shouldn't be asking us to be on the show if you haven't heard how terrible Harry can be. <laughs> so, yeah, we got some stories about that. For, yeah. uh, <laughs> so any future guests that we have lined sure. up, I hope you guys check out this episode of None Other Ones, just so you can get. We're not even at the point. I really the full I, scope of how I, terrible we are. For any future guests, I can't wait to trigger you and you walk out of here. He's planning on being as annoying as he can be to you guys. So Harry just is a very one. frictional. He's a frictional Person, friend right. and Person. guy, but. Uh, worth fucking every bit of it to have around <laughs> i would beg to differ <laughs> okay. but i've just been i've just been around a lot longer we don't like you you know why that's fair but yeah harry <laughs> hey, when you came start, in bro. i mean it always sucks being the fucking new guy and uh the jew but he plays that role well well yeah. he's good at taking I, those punches. for those of you um that don't know the first time well, 
probably nobody knows. When I had gotten to Brexel, uh, two things happened immediately. Yeah. Um, there's not many Jews there. So you the first say. thing, the, <laughs> the first thing that's going around schools, this is the new Jew. Second, I have a face when people used to say something, I kind of squeeze my lips together and they start a rumor that has my ass eating face. And I had multiple people from different grade levels I did not know, still don't know, come ask up to me and be like, ass. yes, ask me if I eat ass. <clears throat> I eat ass. <laughs> <laughs> no follow-ups. But, uh, uh, let's get into Ben. Let's let Ben... Uh, kind of talk about itself one thing to kind of warm you up on ben's kind of personality and humor is uh the first day i walked into chemistry hold on, hold on. i'd like to say i've grown a bit since senior year yeah so. we want to hear that <laughs> yeah, shit yeah, get back on. to the story <laughs> we love it though i mean do? ben's a great dude at the end of the day he's got your back no matter what but so when i walk into chemistry class there's this one kid very jewish shout out max noodleman uh immediately i walk in that's and he goes that's the other jew and i'm like fuck this guy God damn it, you Jew. Like, like you know, Scott Malcolmson. Like, there is, like, I was the weird kid at my Hebrew school, man. Like, there's nothing weirder than other Jews. But, you know, shout out the <laughs> Hebrews. And uh, one day in chemistry class. And the Shebrews. Yeah. Yeah, those people. <laughs> one day. The first day, probably. Probably the first <laughs> day. Uh, Max sneezes. And what's the normal thing a person says? God bless you. Right. I don't know. I'm just staring forward. Achoo! To Max, you know. And back of the room, I hear Ben's voice. God hates you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is something you still you say that a lot now. When I bro, that is one of my favorite. So yes, since then. I have been influenced from that. Jo- that joke has influenced my humor heavily. I I do not like if I ever do a stand up. That is one of the fucking jokes I'm telling because that is just one of the funniest fucking moments. Like if I look back of all my years through school and high school, college, that is top five funniest moments for me, without a fucking no, doubt. That's dope, that's dope. But uh, all right, Ben. Yeah, let's have you. Just talk to our audience real quick. Just explain what you about, where you're from. Oh, where you go to school, you know, all that all shit. All that shit. What uh, you just, got going on nowadays? Just graduated from uh, University of Cincinnati with Woo. a film degree, so it was a little rough time for that with COVID and all. Everything's Word. kind of been a little slow, but yeah. uh, just kind of waiting on the world to get back to normal. Hopefully more gigs open up. What but, is uh, normal to what you? What did you graduate with? Uh, from there with? Uh, it's a... Fuck, it's a long-ass... It's a... Bachelors of Interdisciplinary Studies in Film and Media with a um, undergrad in directing film and television. So it's a fucking mouthful, but it's film school. That's yeah. really, really realistically that's what it was. So a super broad degree in uh, amateur f- porno. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. What made you uh, pursue that? Was this did you have a different degree in mind? At, and at first, did you kind of just get stuck with this, or is this something that truly like, you know, you you want to be a you know so, you be a director? I think everybody kind of go. Nobody knows what the fuck they really want to do. I Not think right all. out of high school, I, yeah. it's, it's you know it's a re- it's really a gamble. I think, and it's it's I would say it's hard to set a path. I guess for yourself at that time, you don't know shit. You you haven't been through enough adversity to kind of figure out what's what. And yeah. uh, but for me, I went I went into college with the expectation I'm gonna get a business degree. You know, work for X amount of years, save up some money. You know, kind of bank out and. Uh, in the first semester, I figured out that it was not the right choice. I failed like half my classes, uh, even like easy ones. It was called Discovering UC, so it wasn't even a real class, and I just didn't show up half the time. I was like, this is not interesting to me. Yeah. But the one class I did show up to, we had uh, a director from Hollywood come in. He's like, you can do this now as a viable option. And for me, I've binged watched shows my whole life, always loved television. Um, 
and it just it kind of fit i was like oh shit i can make money off of this and from then on it was just kind of smooth sailing in that sense is i feel like i got lucky and found something that i love early on and so that's where i put my focus that's beautiful that's awesome um can you talk about you just say you love television i can relate to that i'm a huge binge watcher and i'm mm-hmm. i'm one of those people who goes all out on the show like i could get so affected or so sucked into what I'm watching that I'll be I, I like become a part of it and I'm completely living through the characters. Mm-hmm. Like uh, people who know me know I love House, ah. like the show House. Uh, it was one of my favorite shows and I completely like relate. Not even I like hyper relate to House, you know, mm-hmm. and just like the way he thinks, the genes behind them, and the, you know unorthodox way of doing things but uh is there is there any like show in particular or things that you've seen in particular that uh inspired you to go in that direction even more or maybe a certain director or movie of that yeah. sense for me coen brothers have been Ooh, that's cool. some of my that they do the favorite my favorite work my favorite film is probably big lebowski okay. um the style that they it, it's to me, it's awesome how they, they follow the very strict guidelines of film almost. It's intense. But they twist it in their own way. So, like, Big Lebowski, everything's about the dialogue. It's all these weird interactions. But they put so much of that in that you almost don't realize that they're following the very, like, the very core foundation of filmmaking. Like, there's a set storytelling device that most films follow. And the art of their films, to me at least, is that that almost gets covered up. Yeah, you know what I mean? You got so much ridiculous, like bells and whistles. Of, yeah, yeah. yeah ridiculous um, characters. But that that movie probably is one of the ones that, if I ever make, you know, big triple A Hollywood You're films eventually, it's, I, I would love to do something Coen Brothers style or That's work dope. with them or something like that. But um, recently, I would say the first seven seasons of Game of Thrones. Mm did it for me i managed so to good. binge that in a week so yeah i, I got nothing going on it was like 10 hour days of game of thrones but yeah it was one of those things where relate. it's like if i can do this for 10 hours i can sure as shit spend that time like trying Making to craft it. something you yeah. know what i mean um season eight though we don't we don't talk we don't about, talk about season eight yeah fuck season eight but yeah up until season eight it was fucking nuts Season they did was a disappointment but i was such an actors like you'd see like hey did you guys film your final scenes yet and be like yeah even Maisie Williams she was like yeah. this, that was an abomination of a last season and yeah. I'm just here for all your guys fucking jokes for it. she tweeted I'm here for the memes and just collected like yeah. thousands that cast is so that cast is phenomenal and they've all done like fantastic things afterwards yeah. too um, I know Rob Stark uh, in the Elton John movie he fucking hooked up okay. with the main character I didn't see the whole weird Elton little uh, interaction where I was like that's fucking Rob Stark and now yeah. he's fucking Elton John like how yeah. <laughs> You know what a role reversal. He had a banging hot wife in Game of Thrones, and now he's yeah. Now he's yeah. what I think is crazy though is like, how would you feel as an actor that you do such a great fucking job in a TV series or a show? That's kind of what you're known like. You know, for the rest of whatever motion pictures you're in, people know you for that. Is that is that something you might see as a negative? I think a lot of actors do being typecast, and some know their place. Um, Some know that like. Yeah, I play you, this role great and I love playing this role so right. I don't have a problem doing that the whole time but then you have like um, Harry Potter uh, Daniel Radcliffe mm-hmm. he like he Can't became an alcoholic else. because of the he was popularity of he was yeah. Harry Potter and he had this expectation to you know he <coughs> dealt with fame that way but he he's like I want to do other things and be Harry Potter right. and so he's 
went kind of off the scene for a little bit and then done some out there movies. There's what was that movie? What was that? Uh, was the Swiss Army Man. Did you ever see that? I have not. I've seen wow. bits and pieces. Holy, what a fucking movie. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, that one's, that's one that's on my list of things to do. It's have you so seen Horns that he did? I've never seen Horns. He's like, he somehow is like possessed by Satan and slowly turns into Satan throughout the course of the mm. film. And, and he, through being that, people like just start confessing sins to him because and they're like, you're Satan. I'm going to tell you I want to do this. And, mm. and he's, I don't give a fuck. Go ahead. And, and then they go and do some crazy shit. Like the guy burns down his like bar for insurance money. That's crazy. Like, it, it's, he played a, like opposite of that role. He played, there was a show and he was like an angel mm. and he was doing like, there was like a, they made heaven seem like this bureau, bureaucratic thing where there's, you know, every prayer is like something to be filed and shit. And, the angels have to do all his work for God. He was one of like oh, the like a, like main a business behind getting into yeah. the fucking pearly gates. Exactly. But if you have not seen Swiss Army Man, super fucking weird. It's you gotta sit through it, man. It's so know. weird. It's it's a great movie. I, I don't know if you know ride. what it's about. It's basically this this his corpse washes up on shore, right? And yeah. Then this yeah. dude's like because he other only dude gets he only can yeah. respond. The only way he talks is by through his farts. It's like at first, his at first. his stomach yeah his stomach is making noises and he responds with his farts but then I don't know if he's hallucinating but like it's you're crazy you're, it's you're crazy convinced movie. Daniel Radcliffe is alive but it's dead. like yeah he's like pseudo alive it's weird as fuck, I've seen it four or five times and um it's, it's fucking it's great the, 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 en- the ending's beautiful the yeah. ending is fucking it's like it's like you're sitting through you're like this is fucking weird it's getting weirder I'm Super really weirded weird. out and then the ending's like all right that is kind of like it makes it's beautiful yeah. See, like for me, uh, what I was about to say about um, you're, you're talking about actors and how they get you know how they feel and shit, but um, I want to talk about directors and because I know me coming from I'm I just regard myself as a creative and not mm-hmm. necessarily anything you know what I mean. Like, I'm on a fucking podcast right now, this is an idea that me you know, more than most people are doing, right? And this is like an idea that we. We completely carved out of thin air, you know? Two years in the making, though, let that be known. Yeah. A lot of rough drafts of what the fuck it was going to be, but we always had the name, We Important. Yeah. We did not rip off fucking anybody. I know there's, there's some fucking show uh, from the, the Workaholics. The guys just started a podcast, and it's called... The Important uh, Podcast or some shit? Some shit like that. Some This Is Important. But, like, this shit was just, like, original, off, off our mind. We're like, fuck, like... We're entertaining. We're important. We important. Let's roll with it. Right. We had a lot of rough drafts of who, super rough draft, where and how. We started up. We did radio. We, you know, we, we Black Squirrel Radio. We got invited uh, the Kent Radio. Kent Radio. Oh, but uh, shows there. we we did that two or three times, and the host of it, I, we kind of just felt we got, got the vibe, vibe that yeah. we, we were taking over. over there, so, yeah. And <laughs> we only like, know, we only guessed like we're her listeners doubled when we came on. Yeah. And we're like. You know what I'm saying? We're the entertainment. We she helps us herself. Yeah. She had right. the 10 p.m. to midnight slot. Like, you it's know. a hard hour. I mean, our generation is up all the time. I feel like people. I feel like in our age group, people are more functional at night than they are during the day. Yeah, at least yeah. the people. I'm a procrastinator. That uh, 1 a.m. to 4 a.m. I actually get a lot of work done. I'm, I'm sleep, dude. I sleep. I just need time. to see. But I just need to sit by a window where there's moonlight and have a light on, and I can sit there and crush work. I feel it. But I was about to say, though. Directors. Like, yeah, yeah, directors. Uh, so me regarding myself as a creative and doing these different um, creative endeavors across the board, from music to fashion, podcasting, mm-hmm. comedy, whatever, um, I always, I think I try to attack shit as if I am a director, mm-hmm. <clears throat> no matter what I am doing. 
and just like so can you speak to like the I don't know like the resolve that that you is required to be a director and stuff like that you know what like I'm brand identity too I guess well, I want to roll with that yeah but, I, but I, I was like the as far as the creative process in directing goes it seems like it, it's such a broad thing that you have to do as a director you have to kind of you you know what I mean you're like the fail safe you have to double check everything in the scene everything and your imagination has to be something that yeah is. like every mm-hmm. shot and everything like that so so it, it, I think it depends a lot on the size of projects if yeah. you're once you get up into like the you know like Spielberg level things he's he's a director they let him direct like you're you're kind of parenting the cast and crew you have a general understanding of everything going on but in that big of a a film um, everything is car compartmentalized so you have an editing team producing team pre-production post-production but the director is there because he knows what the feel is supposed to be right so he'll be like i need you to do this this way imagine you're you know i think there's um schindler's list he's telling liam neeson how to smoke how to drag on a cigarette and liam neeson's like i am a i've smoked years yeah Yeah. like i know how to do it but 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 when you see the way that it happens in the film you understand the vision and so um, I think being a director, it, it comes with a certain confidence in yourself that you have to have, uh, where you know that um, the shots you're calling are going to lead to the best pr- uh, product. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in smaller films, the director might also be an editor, might also be, uh, you know, doing um, the frame by frame, like you know, what is it, storyboarding yeah. um, and stuff like okay. that. So. It's really dependent on size of the project. So a lot of small indie films, the directors, it's a multi-role thing. Whereas then you get up into higher multi-million dollar budget and the director's directing. That's, mm. you know. So have you uh, have you worked with a team on any projects, like short films, things like that yet? Um, so I interned on a documentary. Um, it was supposed to come out in august it premiered we had a drive-in uh showing down in cincinnati it was about um marty brenneman who's the uh baseball announcer for the reds okay. radio announcer he did did it for 43 years um and called a third of all reds games ever which is the oldest baseball franchise um in the mlb hmm. um, I know that. but it went good you know i cut a trailer for it and stuff like that and then two days after um his son dropped the uh and bomb no it was f bomb <laughs> no oh. not not the fuck word but the other one ah, uh, okay. and yeah, yeah, yeah. two got days it. after it premiered and it was kind of he got fired um so his son his son it. his son got fired from fox and the reds um, oh was this Tom oh Brennan. i know exactly i know yeah. i remember yep. seeing that shit so and his pop- dad was the guy that we did the he didn't know it was on. recording either right mm-hmm. yeah he said san francisco is the f city, city of yep. the world uh, yeah i remember that and that was uh that kind of put a damper on that whole project going mainstream. It was I, I supposed was, to be picked up by ESPN, Sports Center, supposed to air locally, damn. and then so he that blew happened. that shit for you guys. Yeah, well, I was like, I was looking forward to that, being like, oh, I got my name in the credits like yeah. multiple times. I'm going to use that as some resume material, and then Absolutely. boom, two damn. days later, kind of dropped the ball on that one for the whole team for the project. And I feel really bad for the director because this is it's not my project. Right, I, you I, were I interned on it. I yeah. helped do some camera work, whatever. I'm partial to it doing well, obviously, but this was his baby for like the last 10 years. And he did another one on Pete Rose, uh, 4192, about him becoming the home run king. And that came out, I think, 2008 or something like that. And then uh, 
this was his next big project. And he was he, working on it for a decade almost. He's been planning it out, getting interviews. He had Urban Meyer and we had like tons of famous people uh, interviewed. Um, and it just, you know, unfortunate circumstances yeah, into where, go yeah, yeah, I mean, you can't do anything. At least, I don't know if they're going to recut it, re-edit it or anything like that, but Man. the name, what tough. Got tarn- ah. That's so shitty. But if anybody wants to see the trailer, it's called How We Looking. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the Marty Brenneman story. Look it up on YouTube or something. Yeah, there should be trailers on YouTube and a website for it, but I don't yeah, know how much promoting they're doing right now. Mm. But uh, yeah, we, it was, it we was, do not provo- promote that uh, those words on here. If anybody's a guest, you will know that we have our no-no words as soon as you yeah, before we, we even start recording. We, we have a few mm-hmm. no-no words. Right, I do not condone the statement by any means, but yeah, right. you know, yeah, obviously that's put a huge damper on that for you. Jesus fuck. <laughs> yeah, talk about a slap in the face like you know? right after like you know graduating I was like oh this is gonna be awesome going back for the premiere boom yeah man fuck dude see and I'm just I uh like we're working with Harry like Harry hasn't as far as creative endeavors you haven't really had anything before this that you yes. were aiming to I do I was athletically focused I was, yeah, exactly. I was focusing on getting my degree in wrestling that was it that's all, all right. I knew so now I'm telling people now like you know the hardest part of this of doing anything creatively is like getting your team involved in it and like cause you can't do anything most I'm, of the shit you can't do alone. I'm, I'm such a stick to the rules follow the guidelines book and then cue such a think outside the box person that at times we butt heads and it's so, healthy though you know yeah. it's, it's, it's inevitable collaboration is the key to success Absolutely. it really is especially in the media and film industry one the one takeaway i've had from it is that how willing people are to help each other out in this industry they're like any job outside of film i've applied for i've been you know just ghosted on responses not hear nothing back every time i apply for something film related they always have advice on hey we're not hiring right now but i would recommend this to find more work or mm. i can get you in touch with this person who might have something Complete. and there's and that's something that i haven't seen in other industries as much and the music so industry for sure yeah no the music, opposite. which is so interesting you know like just talk about that shit too. it sucks to find yeah. those people that are only fending for themselves and don't realize that, that like you have i don't know you i, I don't know if you tell relying me. on other people is okay tell it's them that okay did you hear, did you uh, last you. episode you talked about the crab and crab in the bucket analogy crabs in a bucket you heard that term just like you know the idea that we're all trying to get out of this bucket we're all you know we're all climbing out but as you get higher there's people you know who aren't as on the same level as you trying to drag you down mm-hmm. keeping you from getting out because they're they have the same their eyes on the same goal and things like mm-hmm. that not knowing that at the end of the day it could be hindering themselves from getting out you know if they just let you do your thing you could throw help, the rope throw the rope down help them out help them get out mm-hmm. which, you know so that kind of analogy, and that's something that we we talking about in the last episode, just because our guest is uh, in the music industry or in the music scene, and that's something I've experienced in the music scene. It's just you know, there's there's not this brotherly love thing is not really, you know, it's not so out there. Like people don't people are not trying to help you and shit. Mm-hmm. But I I think it's dope that in in the entertainment industry that it, the idea that it could be different because I feel like all these industries are cutthroat and the end of the day it's you know it's all competition it's all business and you know what i'm saying like yeah and i think that's that's it can be the downfall uh for a lot of people um you have to find people that you can trust you know what i mean i you it's a collaborative thing but you can't put your faith in somebody that isn't going to deliver almost or again if like they have 
personal gain and that's their only interest, you might not want to be working with them. But everybody, right. I, I've been lucky enough to work with everybody is pretty collaborative on getting each other to a better goal. Could you, do you think that you there's something that you do that maybe helps you know you have those kind of interactions? Is this something that you bring to the table that is like people want to work with you or people want to give you advice even if they can't work with you? Mm-hmm. I think honestly the biggest thing is uh, be honest. Uh, don't be a dick to other people. I mean <laughs> that's the biggest thing in this industry. It doesn't matter how good you are at what you do if you're an asshole. They don't want to work with you. Yeah. Um, they'll hire somebody who has no experience that's trainable that is good to work with and gets the job done over somebody who's like, I'm good at what I do. You should have me on for this. Um, but they're an asshole. About yeah, it. They're, they're hard to work with. Yeah. yeah. That There's almost no patience for that is what I've noticed. Be coachable, man. I feel like, yeah, that's a, I think that's a huge thing. People don't... People in, the, in these creative spaces and shit, they feel like you can't learn anything like you can't gain anything from anybody else which is totally not true no and i think that's not the i mean i think that's a side of sign of uh idiocy if you think that you've learned everything or you know everything you (laughs) are probably one of the least intelligent people then i think i would know because you are not willing to open your perspective to outside input or learn from a disagreement you know constructive criticism type right Yeah. yeah I mean, every criticism's, every failure is a lesson. I think every criticism has there's root in a reason that it's there. You know what I mean? Right. Some people you are just assholes. Can uncover the truth in it, right? Know? But but you know, I think it's important to take a step back and look at it through an outside point of perspective. On exactly. did I approach this the way, or is this just my bias? You know, me yeah. thinking for myself. What's t- what's tough though? I think about that is, you know, hum- humbleness is something you learn through your failures but as you I feel like as you be, begin become more successful you have to ha- you have to kind of build this confidence not to the level of narcissism but yeah, to no. the point where there's certain things you can kind of like you know I'm not going to take your criticism I'm not going to listen to it but at the same time like um, I'm my ears are open but I'm not listening I, I, I may be kind of let me be kind of confusing but I feel like, you know, as you start going along, you got to have more confidence in your craft and sometimes not listen to what If you don't say. believe you can make good stuff, if you don't believe in yourself, you're not, it's going to be really hard for you to be successful. But again, that's, that's the fine balance of, you know, having, I know I can do this. I know I can do this well, and I know everything and nobody can teach me how to do it better. Yeah, right. There's a fine line. And that's such a, like a toxic and I think depriving mentality to have about things. Right. You can always gain from every experience that you have, that you go through, every failure. You have to have the confidence. You have to have the confidence enough to face failure in, you know, in the event that it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. You know and you, you can't, you, as much as I, like, everybody, I think, is afraid of failure. It's what, it's how you go about handling that, yeah. you know. My biggest thing right now is that, that confidence is teaching confidence to myself is is yeah, saying yeah. yeah you can do this you can go out and you know you have to have a I don't know you have to have you have to believe in yourself yeah. period um, but again that's the you can't act like you know everything exactly it's huge absolutely what are you gonna get into next my one thing I one thing I've been seeing is you know just being from Cleveland is confidence in our quarterback just speaking on that topic I've seen a lot of rumors behind this Deshaun Watson trade anybody that believes we should trade for him I think he's a fucking idiot I was reading a stat that uh, 
since 2003, this is like the fourth time that a Cleveland Browns team has had more than a six-win season. And all of a sudden, everybody's talking about getting rid of Baker and we should consider Deshaun Watson. Where I'm like, I don't like that Baker idea. was rated a top 10 quarterback this year, led us to the playoffs. Fucking, It's about the chemistry of this team, man. It's like... Why take why take away such an integral part of what has been working for us? You know yeah, what I'm, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know a lot about sports. I'm a. I mean, I I'm more of a. Either. Again, I'm more of a. I watch fucking Game of Thrones, and I, I would rather yeah. put on a movie or television over watching a game. Although I, that's slowly changing as I, you know, yeah, yeah, go downtown, yeah. have more you know, social events around games. But right. um, my thing i've noticed is the browns they fucking hit a reset button almost every year or two years and it's like why why not keep the chemistry and work on building that why are you trying to yeah. reset all the time how know. many new what coaches the... have we had in like the last what could you even 20 count? years Jeez, <laughs> too many quarterbacks coaches i don't think i think this is the first nah, i don't i don't know if we've had the same coach for more than a three-year span yeah. I, I don't think that's good for a franchise. I mean, I know no. they're trying to find something that works, but... Well, I think you, you got to look, you know what I mean? It's, it's a long-run game, is it not? So, right. so I want to back-check real quick. Something just came to mind. How, like, how do you feel about, as a director, sticking with the same actors? Like, is there some... You know, they know your craft well. Like, the person that comes to mind for me is... Uh, what What's the Hateful Eight? I can't think of his fucking name. Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. He, Same actors. They. I feel like they know his craft well. They know I what love, he wants. I love that because it... Sorry, but this, this says for me, uh, it's, it kind of creates this universe, you know, where you, you run into the same archetypes of characters. You know, obviously, like, you, who have Samuel Jackson has been in, like, I don't even know how many of those movies, Tarantino yeah. movies, but, you know, he plays similar roles in those, and you get this similar... For me, like if from all I know it's a Quentin Tarantino movie purely off how somebody's killed. Uh, yeah, if the, I see that it. blood splash, yeah, I'll know so five seconds. That's yeah. it. For Man. me, it's kind of like the move, the pace of the movie is like I think he, I think he's he's a master at pacing things like like Pulp Fiction, for instance. Mm -hmm. It's the way the movie flows is just, I mean, there's nothing really like that. And the Kill Bills, mm. they're fucking Fantastic incredible movies. Yeah. Doesn't he say yeah. he has one more and then he's done? I like think Hillbill. he's well. Another the thing with him is like he's go. He's like I want to do a ten film thing. I'm gonna leave my 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 legacy in ten films. But he's yeah. worked on other films like outside right, right. of it. You know, I don't know if he considers considers Night of the Living Dead as one of those big ten because that was a that was George Clooney was in that, but that movie was fucking weird. Like, it, like yeah. I think it was a vampire movie, but you don't know that until like the very end yeah. or something like that. But yeah, his he plays so much with what you can do with a film. Um, and still manages to keep it, it, it flows. Like, the yeah. dialogue, again, like, the bad motherfucker wallet, I mean, the El oh Royale with cheese. There's so like, many little Look at the big Easter brains egg. on bread! Yeah. <laughs> like, stuff like that. It's not a lot, no, no other directors, at least, not no other directors, but he stands out on the people that push the boundaries on, like, what should we focus on? Uh, and for him, his dialogue is the way characters interact. Um, I think, and that drives yeah. the movie. Especially, like, when you think of a movie like Reservoir Dogs. Oh, fucking like, great. That movie is so reliant on the, the conversation that happens in the movie. I mean, that's really the whole movie. I mean, it's movie. a one-room movie. It's like, a, yeah. it's, it's, he's not relying on set changes or anything. No. It's, it's all the dynamic between the characters. Exactly. Which is, is crazy to me. But I think, like, I think, like, Pixar might have taken notes out of his book. Mm -hmm. When they go, you know what I mean? Because you look at, like, the Pixar theory. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but, you know, kind of just how... 
the Pixar theory is like that Pixar is a universe. And every movie, every film that Pixar has done, you know, they all they all happen Twine? in the same universe. Yeah, like, like there's uh, just like what a is timeline. it? Um, like was it? It's not Woody. Is it Jane? Is that the fucking? Is yeah. that the cowgirl? Cowgirl. Yeah, yeah. and uh, her dolls in the the Monsters Inc. Yeah, room. and like yeah. monsters. Yeah, and the, you know, there's Easter eggs in every movie about you know from other shit. Yeah, so Quentin Tarantino has the red apple cigarettes. Exactly. Those are something that appears in every one of his films. Red apple tobacco. Exactly. I think. So like it's I, in his universe. Yeah. Right, right. And I love that idea of an encompassing thing. Like you have all these different projects. Like with Pixar, I know it's a theory because you know they haven't come out right and said that you know mm-hmm. that's what they're going for or anything like that. But I um, good. I did not know that. I did not know that Red Apple thing. So yeah. as as you're going through, would you call it film school or do you call it undergrad? Or that, that's not. It, thing. It, it's. I mean, it's 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 a degree in multimedia and television and then my undergrad is in directing um specifically um sorry what, so as you're, as you're going through these classes getting your education what are the things you notice that makes a great filmmaker a great director like well i mean obviously we know what you guys have kind of talked about what makes a great movie but what yeah. in your eyes like what what, make, what would make ben manley a great director or, you know what would help you with your craft like what are big things you notice um, for anybody out there listening too. Well, there, I mean, it's it's the way that you can tell a Coen Brothers film from a Tarantino film from a Michael Bay. It's uh, there's a style that you'll have, and I think um, you can't be afraid to have your own style. And mm-hmm. I think I think the people that don't succeed are always just copying to a fault other people. You know what I mean? They're doing things that have been done. Right. Um, Derivatives. And it's still I'm still trying to figure out what that is that for me what is going to be apart. yeah what's going to set me apart um but I, again tarantino has the dialogue michael bay has the explosions and the bud light fucking advertisements right. you know stuff like that you can you can just pick it out and uh i think eventually the you know i'd like to think that there's something in my work that would stand out i think i'm gonna do There's a lot a with bomb. dialogue yeah. i think that's that's so always inspired gonna, me i was gonna ask about like writing how is is writing a part of what you got going on what you do so i've done screenwriting Screenplays. and stuff like that um it's the way film school works is they give you like a baseline for everything almost yeah, they, right, right. you know so it's, cover all the bases. You're, it's We've warmed you up to all the topics, um, but when you graduate college, you also kind of realize, ah, I still don't know shit. Yeah, like right. that's it's really just like got to dive into. That was the hard part too, is you come out of college having like, oh, I should have known, I should know so much more than I feel like I know. At least personally for me, but that's they're just getting you ready to get into the next stage of yeah. of focusing on that craft. Um, that's a big thing that's kind of weighed on me, but um, I'm learning, you know. Yeah. It's a, it's like a it's a mentality that you have to get used to. I think you can't have a. I had high expectations for what, um, you know, I painted a picture of what it would, what my knowledge would look like post college with film school, and it was kind of like a realignment of reality versus the story I kind of painted. Yeah, okay. So you got that reality check. Like it was, it's not exactly going to be like that. Right, and it helps when you have other people in industry saying, you know, you're not supposed to know everything coming out of college. You're not. That's you know, you're then learning. You're always learning type mm-hmm. of thing, post, post, a fi- you know, education. So is your this extra outside the box studying? Does it come from watching other films, or do you actually like go out, read articles, interviews, like? Yeah. Do you consider yourself a film buff? 
Yeah, I would say I am. I mean, I would, there's tons of stuff that I feel like I still need to see that are, you know, yeah, I feel like right. things. But uh, what made me, re- like, I've read tons of books as a kid, always was able to paint pictures in my head. And then movies I can watch time and time over, dissect. And I've always paid attention to find details that, you know, like story uh, devices, things like that, inadvertently, that yeah. I didn't realize were things that people get taught to pay attention yeah, to see, until I-, I was in college. And I was like, Oh, this fits. Like, I'm the I same was, way, man. It's crazy. Like, cause, and I, I like dissect shit. Is I try to do it as generally as I can, mm-hmm. you know, because I never, I never knew exactly what I wanted to do, but I wanted to try my hand at everything. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like I try to generally take like when I'm watching a film or something, you know, I'm paying attention to the shots and how things, you know, how things are happening, without knowing the actual mechan- mechanisms behind. You know, I just have a general idea. I'm like, I get like, you know, if there's a, a if there's a shot a, a shot panning from the sky to the ground or to a person, you know what I'm saying? I can understand how the camera is moving. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they, you know, I don't actually know what they're using or anything like that. But no, that's dope though. Like, uh, I was I had a question, but I lost it. I guess other my other follow up is three films that inspired you, or shows, or. You know, film, recent or I'd, I'd rather I'd rather do Lebowski, movies though. I know you but I know you were talking directors but like you know yeah, if, right, if you're right, going three brothers. different films maybe three different directors like what three movies you know kind of inspire your craft okay um Oh Brother Where Art Thou it's a Coen Brothers okay. film that's so a great fucking movie fantastic movie it's an adaptation of the Odyssey nice, yeah. by Homer but a lot of people don't the book yeah yeah. The, we watched that I think my senior year of high school because we kind of we did I don't I never read the Odyssey I know all about it I'm, mm-hmm. you know it's one of those stories that you can like people apply to things you know so you know y'all probably seen a derivative of it like mm-hmm. oh brother where art thou I've seen that movie many times but um, we watched it and kind of compared it to like you know the story yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let's see what else there are some good ones uh, I think Godfather is a cheap one but that that change the game in using character development to drive a story versus action and and stuff like that that was a huge one that you learn that you can rely on um personas in the film to really shape how you know keep the audience uh invested you know um those realistic dynamics of like family and shit like that mm -hmm. like that and then let's see the star wars franchise really i mean it's it's a it's not so much the most recent three that came out, but um, I mean that's for me. You know, it's the prequels. I love the prequels. Do you think they're wringing it dry too much? Yeah, I Ooh, I'm yeah. worried that they're. I've seen like they're talking about seven, you know, yeah, more movies coming up and shit and yeah, spinoff series do, and yeah, all types of dive into the story crazy. Like, yeah, but that's the, that hero's journey. That um, that's really what it is. I think. That essence and that it shows that you can push you can push the hero's journey into I think George Lucas said it. he's like I wanted to I haven't seen a film like this I, I wanted a movie like this to be made and we decided we'll make it we'll just put it out there yeah. but um, it shows how much you can play with a, a story that's been around for thousands of years and at, adapt it into you know right to whatever take yeah, that shit yeah, any fucking, which way go back and you know Add shit, go into the you know because I think they're talking about doing like a Boba Fett movie and yeah I think uh, at the end of Mandalorian 
they said there's a Boba Fett series coming out. Yeah, series. So, it's crazy to me how, like, I always thought it was so interesting to me how George Lucas would, I mean, Star Wars 4, 5, 6 was dropped, yeah. and then they went 1, 2, 3. Yeah, that shit is just genius. That alone, just the sequencing is genius. Genius level. And that was almost due to a demand of people saying, like, okay, so what happened? Like, why... What led to Darth Vader being in power, type of thing? Exactly. That's, and you know, because it's, it's like you don't really get that. You know, you know, you start to. If you watch it like that, if you watch four, five, six, you know. So, you, so I guess a, a good question I want to ask you is like, when story. you're making these stories, you almost feel like there isn't. You don't have like, you don't have enough film to feed a story to the people that you you have to do a continuance, like you have mm. to keep a story going. I think uh, I think that's what kind of the industry's realizing now is that they can't. They can't get the um, can't get everything they want in a two-hour film. Um, mm-hmm. Some movies do it great, you know. Some some I think movies that are good execute that well. But that you have when Game of Thrones came in, that was like we can tell a story over seven seasons, and because it's so long, you have so much more time to develop interest in these characters that it makes it that much better. Right, and I think there is a it's way harder to distinguish like good series good tv right now from film like they're very similar in the mm-hmm. fact that you know like every almost every episode of game of thrones is at least an hour long mm-hmm. and they're putting their money where their mouth is now they yeah. realize that it's worth the investment right. to treat a show like a movie in the and how much have, money you spend they have like on a it. 1.3 million dollar set for one episode or some shit okay. for like each episode it was like something like a million dollar so or so over I mean, a million i don't know the exact sucks. number but visually it's breathtaking have you guys seen Watchmen on hbo i've never Mm-mm. i started i didn't really get into it's Watchmen. review it's uh that is one of the most recent i think inspiring shows for me mm-hmm. um storytelling wise because if you know people don't know about Watchmen, it's it's a it's a superhero movie, but all the super... It's kind of like The Boys, but before The Boys. Man, The Boys is great. It is, yeah. They they push that even further. But um, great. it shows that superheroes are flawed, and they're not always good guys. And then the, right. the Watchmen show is... It's very topical for today, I think. Yeah, um, so um, dealing with race out of the... When, from the first episode. But like the storytelling, the, the visuals and that, um, the the metaphors and, and that they do with shots is... It's... For a filmmaker, I think... It, or anybody that likes film, that's a worth the watch for sure. It's it's incredible. I think if you pay attention to the the um, outside of just the story, the way that they use the camera and everything. I think I have a good question. I want to say okay, so like we've been talking about like you know, obviously, like even in music, I hate derivatives. You know, what I mean, it's one thing to pay homage and sample and things like that, but derivatives things that just are the same or you know too close for comfort mm-hmm. to being the same as something we've already had um do you think it's important do you think it's more important to be crafting new stories or to find better ways to to tell stories old stories stories that we know well like what do you think is more important as a director um i think it's a little bit of both i feel like you shouldn't be afraid to kind of push the edges on how you tell a story but um there's also like a system that works and there's a reason that it's been done the way that it has for so many years and it's finding the balance between the two um not really sure yeah so i mean like i feel like some parables some stories um are like timeless they'll always be like i feel like the bible for instance you know people always go back and use the stories out of the bible to you know stand for or find meaning in things and you know, like so, I, I, 
I feel like some stories will never change, like the hero story, you know? Right. The, the story of the journey, like the odyssey, like, and, you know, like those stories, those... Stepping stones? It's like a type, it's like an archetype of a story, like, those things will never die, so, like, that's why I ask, like, is it important to just find new ways to tell them, or to just, or should we be focusing on creating new archetypes of story? You know. I think that's that's kind of happening in the sense that um, the people are realizing that 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 hero's journey has been played out so yeah. many times, and that you're starting to see new films where um, it's again they're kind of pushing away from that. Um, Knives Out recently is one. Knives Out was great. I, yeah. I love that movie so much. I went and downloaded the screenplay, and I was just like in awe because some of the dialogue in there, like one of the fa- my favorite scenes is like the detectives outside talking to the girl the, the really the suspect the uh, person who does it or whatever yeah the uh, antagonist yeah yeah she they're outside and he's he brought up this book called fuck something about a rainbow something the rain terminus some shit it was it was crazy but like that scene i loved it and i loved the dialogue what he said and it was amazing he was mm-hmm. like you know he's like these other detectives they they're like truffle pigs. They they search for shit. I'm not, I'm not like that. Like I follow the trajectory of the the terminus of the rainbow or some shit like that. And you know I just basically walk mm-hmm. into my answer. I walk into the gold. You know at the end of the rainbow. That shit was amazing to me. You know what I feel? Is, it. You know what I feel is a big thing that's catching a lot of people's attention. A lot of documentaries dropping is once on murder. A lot of I feel like that's the biggest interest right now. Mm-hmm. Just the 2020s. And I am kind of curious, you know, the OJ trials was a big fucking thing that was going on. Like when they did that series? Yeah, they did that series. That was fucking huge. So the one I'm kind of curious coming up is, you know, are they ever going to do a Caitlyn Jenner one? Uh, For those of you that kind of don't know the situation. (laughs) Hey, yo. What a segue. (laughs) Right, we see how you did that. Oh, my God. Beautiful. Yeah, I mean, uh, also, we have been talking about film quite a bit, so we, um, yeah, yeah. Talk about some yeah, we're gonna get into some that juicy stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> can you can you two kind of? I didn't know this. I always you know I saw Bruce and Caitlyn. I saw the Olympian turn trans. You know, transition. Was a, tra- yeah, transition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big symbol for the for those people. You know, but uh, for those of you that don't know, Bruce was a murderer. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Tell that story because you you so, were um, right before the old uh you know he got his member removed. Uh, Bruce had gotten in a little accident, <laughs> Brucey boy, and uh, yeah. he may or may not have taken somebody's life in a car accident. Allegedly, um, uh, he did, and then, <laughs> and uh, and you know, post operation, that post-op. Caitlin is apparently a different person, so Bruce couldn't get charged for homicide or vehicular manslaughter or whatever it was. So through the technicality, so. I'm not going to say that's the only reason that he went ahead and got the, uh, she, sorry, yeah, went, went ahead and got the, um, yeah, the transition, but kind of, there's a little, you know, it's, little, it's an eyebrow raiser. Yeah, there. it's a little fishy, like, hmm. Yeah, it's like, I don't know if that, like, because you're not, I guess it's a big no-no to, like, dead name somebody, you know, you're not supposed to talk about who they were before, but... You fucking murdered somebody. You murdered somebody. Yeah, like, you yeah. aren't a different person. You are genetically the same person so i you know i don't know i think that's uh do you think having a gold like a medal for america me. you know being also you know, being this again being the symbol 
they were before. Yeah, a symbol of masculinity for a lot of people. I mean, set you know tons of track records, a multi gold medal Olympiad, and then we're all just supposed to just pretend that just didn't happen. You know what I mean? Like those records exist. <laughs> yeah, they're they're there. Like it, like you can still post the footage on YouTube. They, there were, yeah, I don't know. That is interesting. I don't. I don't like. You can get away with murder just because of this, these technicalities. It's interesting. Again, I don't know. So that that raises the question for me. Do you think is? Do you think you know? For the people listening, do you think she got away with murder for the transition, or do you think she got away with murder for being like a public figure? Yes. Like, do you think public figures get away with a lot more shit, or they don't get the book thrown at them as uh, much? And then that's you know that's also a peak of interest for people in documentaries. Like, I don't know. Look at but like look at um. The shit that happened with like that college uh, scandal, where uh, what's her name? Aunt Becky, forget her real name. You know from Full House. The one that got caught cheating for her daughter. Yeah, to like get put in her daughters in school. Yeah, paid to just enroll them in college. It, I mean, she got caught. She went to jail. You know what I'm saying? She got out. Yeah, she got out. I mean, how long you really want her to sit in jail for that shit? It's not like a, right. it's not, you know, it's a victimless crime. I don't know much about that, but uh, you guys see fucking. Lil Wayne got pardoned. Yeah. <laughs> well, I heard a thing behind. Funny, I heard a thing behind that like was uh. So Fifty Cent did an interview where the Trump campaign called him up, said we'll give you five hundred thousand to take a picture with yeah. Trump. Turned it down. He said you, it's, said, it's so gonna Wayne hurt probably, me. It's gonna hurt me like, more. Fuck, yeah. Fuck they called him back up like a few weeks later. We'll give you a million dollars. Yeah. So they're saying Still Wayne probably got down. a million dollars to take that one picture with him. Wayne was wearing a fucking Republican sweater. <laughs> no, no, it was a fucking weird picture. I don't. Know. So then. I, the thing I also noticed, Kodak got pardoned, but he also took down a tweet where he had tweeted to Trump, like, if you pardon me, I will donate a million dollars to charity. Shit. That tweet is gone. <laughs> no longer exists. Oh, it exists. He just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Once you do something on the internet, it. it's there forever. Yeah. Really? But, you know, like, it's, it's interesting to me. Yeah, you, you know, when you're, shit today. When, when you're a public <laughs> figure, you really can pull the strings. And so that starts to interest me with the shit that's going on with the stock market right now. You know, the no, fucking, that cocksucker who runs Robin Hood just shut everything down. He didn't and shut I, everything down. They put, like, a restriction on it just because it, uh, the, what is it, Bilat, the, whatever that word is. Bilat, I can't say. So, validity, yeah, validity, um, yeah. <laughs> all these hedge fund people are short selling. The 1%. Yeah, the uh, AMC, GameStop, and et cetera, stocks, and, uh. I don't know exactly how it works. I went into film school, not fucking the finance fuck, the and The fuckers economics. on Reddit. The, but, um... Everyone on Reddit. So everybody's been All jumping Reddit, up the man. price of the GameStop uh, stock <laughs> because it's costing them billions of dollars because I think they have to buy back the short-sold stocks. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, and yeah, so Robinhood uh, kind of, like, they were like, all right, we got to protect our biggest investors, so we're going to start capping how much you can buy. Yeah, they changed um, the restrictions, so it's like... There's like... Uh, they're supposed to be like I think it, the the shares and the contracts or some shit are supposed to be equal usually, and they they made it like a fifth of it. Like so, they put a restriction on how much you could buy. Yeah, they're they're pretty much letting only people in Wall Street like that have lots of money buy a limitless number of these shares, and they're mm-hmm. stopping people from inflating the price to, you know, save the billionaires' monies. Which it, it's like okay, so you're gonna protect them. With their, I don't know if it's insider trading, but it sure seems like it. I mean, basically, and you're gonna stop people from what outsider trading yeah. is that? Like, like that's these, that's these a free market. Already yeah. have so much shit that you know, 
that they're privy to that the outsiders aren't, you know? For anybody that doesn't understand how these hedge fund peoples are getting fucked, uh, short selling kind of works like, all right, so first yeah, off, so GameStop announced they were going to have a new uh, CEO or something like that starting in January. So short selling began with the company, and it kind of works something like, you know, Ben wants to buy a share of GameStop at the end of the month of January. Right now, let's say the stock costs. It was like $30, maybe. Let's, let's just say 50 Okay. So I'm going to buy it at $50. And come the end of the month, I believe it's going to be less than what it is. So I'm going to sell Ben for it cheaper, but I'm going to tell him it's 50 and tell him so, what the GameStop stock may cost 30 come the end of January. So I just made $20. Instead, these motherfuckers on Reddit got together, said, fuck the rich. Let's boost this shit. Yep. So the end of the month, instead of that stock being at thirty dollars and these hedge funds making twenty, the stock now costs two hundred dollars, and you're the hedge fund people are losing money giving. Like now, I bought it for fifty. Now I'm giving the stock to Ben for two hundred. I just lost one hundred and fifty dollars. Right. right? Don't they have to like pay the difference? Yeah. 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 So they're like, so that's how they give. So that. the rich are like, whoa, whoa, whoa! What are these fuckers on Reddit doing? On top of that, they even took down the Reddit page. Saying, that you know, was, they're saying discriminatory words were being said, racist yeah, stuff. But that's, no. That's total yeah, bullshit. Uh, yeah, that's horseshit. The, the <laughs> truth is that something like this could have happened at any time in history. It's just that now we have, we're readily. Power of the internet, all that information yeah, we can age. Talk, yeah, it's the, the best. We can talk to everybody. So you oh. can put a community of people together and affect change. I'll you know? Know. Mm-hmm. I kind of felt something like this was coming and I noticed it when I was like, I think you were at the park, Highland Heights Park. We were 13 years old. We're playing on the fucking playground. And this eight-year-old is literally playing with her dog on her iPhone. And I have a flip phone. And I'm like, this yeah. this little girl knew everything about technology. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, damn, my poor piece of shit ass. Like, But no, really, it's just the internet age of these younger generations is so powerful that people are really starting to realize that there's so much strength in numbers. Right. The strength in numbers, it can overwhelm the rich, the 1%. But, and it, you know, it empowers us, but it doesn't make you stronger than them. Because that 1%, you know, I believe in the Illuminati. I believe in all that shit. Like, I'm, I'm a true believer that 1% makes the world go round. Like, they're, they're pulling strings that we don't see, you yeah, know? For sure. Yeah. There's a, that, I mean, that's why they're like, I think that's part of the reason they're, pr- like, they're, Wall Street's trying to protect the people that have this money. Because that's important to, you know, like, the billions of dollars they have, they're using with all each the, other, you know? Yeah. You know? I don't well. promote socialism people may uh, be against that i do not believe I'm that not me and you should uh you know all people are created equal some work harder than others and i believe those hard workers should get paid better yeah. that's that's how i look right. at it because when at, you're jipping the system it's a little different story mm-hmm. yeah huge huge <laughs> I'm, different story. I'm here for everybody winning though you know fuck the one percent like there should be no a, doubt there should be a bigger percent of millionaire billionaires it would help right it, but th- they're stop they're trying to stop the people like People are buying these stocks, making money the way that it should be done, but because their their assets are now in jeopardy, they're trying to stop free trade. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, so that's where it's okay. Now they're doing dirty shit, yeah. and do they really deserve all that money they have if they didn't earn it? They they played the system. But I feel like that's, I mean, a lot. You'll hear a lot of these stories how people got rich, and they'll tell you hard work, connections, networking. But how many people really knew how to play the system, like you said, like I. I feel exactly. you, you gotta like 
you know, you talk about studying the craft of all these directors. You look at, you pay attention to the slightest details. It's almost like, you know, you know how to play the system for certain audiences. Mm-hmm. You know, you've, and you've, you're studying your craft and you're working at it each time. And I think a lot of people need to realize that, you know, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. <laughs> you know, like, you know, it's not necessarily cheating. To an extent. You just know. Yeah, right. it, it's the same I mean, way. That's law, getting your grades in college for sure. It's the same way law, <laughs> it's the same way law works. I studied with my dad, or I learned from my dad. There's loopholes in everything. Right, right. A lot of things are very broad. And if you, if you focus on the way the sentence is, it's certain dirty. words, or even just the way it sounds, like you can find these fucking loopholes. That's, right. you know, that's why you got $5,000 lawyers and you got $500,000 lawyers for the same cases. You know, some just, you know, they think more outside the box. They think differently. And I think that's what makes. I Don't be a follower. Don't be a sheep in the herd. You know, be a, be a leader. Be somebody that stands out. Be an individual. Like, you know, like you, you know, we were talking about if you if I showed you a certain film that you had never watched before, do you think you could tell it's a Cohen film? Yeah, I think. But again, that's just through experience and through, you know seeing enough you know what i mean it's it's starting yeah um unrelated i guess kind of related to what you're saying about the fine wording of law there's a just a off-topic thing there i forget which state it was but um they accidentally they rephrased or they the way they phrased a sentence ended up getting rid of all of the law all of the state laws like they they wrote up a document saying like they wanted to get rid of certain laws before a certain time and they misworded it and it literally made it like got rid of all, all laws for yeah. the state and they had to go like oh shit we gotta fix that uh, and I, anybody <laughs> listening out there if shit with laws you can't like get you can't get rid of a law you have to write a new one to yeah. cover that one up and then yeah. thus these Amendments. loopholes yeah. Yeah. yeah these loopholes start to get fucking created mm-hmm. man what a trash system we have Gonna say if you can if you can accidentally revoke all of the laws of a state that's been around for two hundred years. Like, what the fuck? I don't know if that's the best system for. <laughs> How stable is this country really? You well, know? for amendments, but pay a little more attention than that. This, this country was uh, brought up on uh, the death of Native Americans and slavery. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and here we are trading three bees <laughs> for a thousand acres of land yeah, <laughs> you know what i mean like oh, you can't shit. read this here and that's this, why they cover that shit up there's a lot of dark american history and i can't wait for that shit to get dropped the only fucked up part is there's never a hundred percent accuracy behind these things mm-hmm. it's there's stories being told through generations yeah. and it's like you know that game you used to play when you're younger like you line 10 of us up Telephone. i whisper something into you or you whisper something in the next mm-hmm. yeah. there's always that fucking asshole me probably that twists <laughs> that it up it just up, for yeah. entertainment purposes yeah. or something just i want to see this go to shit so i'm gonna say something weird and you know i'm i'm for that because it, then it starts to create that thing of thinking outside the box mm-hmm. you know maybe maybe not you know if we're talking facts and history but you know if, if we're looking at other things it starts to create more creative geniuses and it starts to create i like to think of it as craziness you know you, you start to think a little bit crazier and then you got to be called crazy a few times to be a genius i agree i think so would you, would you call yourself a genius ben i would not uh i don't think anybody should be a self-proclaimed genius well, uh talk about that because i feel like what if what if you're just the first person to see it in yourself uh, maybe you got lucky then. I don't know. I, I think I don't. I like to not carry an arrogance. Yeah. I, I think we talked about earlier. I, I know I can always learn something more. Yeah, absolutely. But I, but I, I think if you're a genius, 
and you know you're a genius, then maybe that's something you know. Like, Erica Badu has, I'm a huge Erica Badu fan, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but she has this line, and she says, the man, the man who knows something knows he knows nothing at all, you know? The man, yeah, some shit like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I mean, I think you could be, you could see yourself as a genius and know very well, and really to be a genius, you would have to know that, you know, you could never stop learning. There's always more mm-hmm. to learn, and you never really know anything at all. But I guess it, you'd have to look at it. What do you classify a genius? Is it the IQ number, or is it, no, or is it something else, you know? I wouldn't say it's an IQ number. I think it's a, I think it's a capability thing. I think, I think if you have an awareness that you're capable, capable of mostly anything, anything that you can apply yourself to, I think that's genius level, uh, like self awareness. I don't know. I think more of genius. When, when I think genius, I think quality level. That's the thing that co- that's the first thing that comes to mind. That's not the only thing, obviously. Yeah, like you know? for me, it's capability. Just because you get you're, you're capable of doing whatever the fuck it is, you know. You so, can apply your mind to do something, to do anything. All right, and then you have people who are creative geniuses. We yeah, have Einstein, different. a mathematic genius, exactly. and um, it's it's a I think it's a broad term, but yeah. it doesn't it's have a it doesn't have enough definition. But I don't know if it should. When you know I, when I, mean? I also think of geniuses, one person comes to mind, D'Amico. I think D'Amico's <laughs> when, when I introduce him to people, I tell him this kid's on such a different intellectual level. When you hear him speak. I mean, he has to lower his stupidity just yes, for you to just understand, understand him. So he's you're, you're going to understand five. I think he's five, limited by his vocabulary. You're, yeah, you're going to understand ten. Yes, you're going to understand ten out of his hundred words, but he wants you to just get it. He's not going to take his time to explain it. You yeah. have to just understand D'Amico, and if you don't, you're just you're missing out. You're um, not on, I described him to people like, all right, imagine Albert Einstein or somebody very smart, but just like at scrambled eggs. Like that's mm-hmm. the only way you could talk to him. Uh, I, that I, person was I just, thought of it as like a Harvard professor <laughs> going to speak at Tri C. You know what I mean? Like some yeah. just yeah, there's like a disc- most people are gonna sit there taking notes. What the fuck did you just say? Uh, yeah, you could record it. You could have his words forever, and you it will take you years to figure out one sentence of what he's saying. He but goes when, so but fast. But when you watch his craft and what he does, it's like yeah, I mean like, he this, is this motherfucker knows what he's doing, mm-hmm. regardless of his vocabulary. Yeah, he's. Uh, He's definitely one of the more driven people I've ever probably met. Makes no fucking sense, bro. I'd go hang out with him. We'll go for a fucking runner. Like, like, why? Dude, it's 2 in the morning. I just want to sit here and play Xbox. Dude, I've got these fucking vitamins in me. Let's let's fucking go. He's ready for anything, He's he's a go-getter, bro. Yeah, fucking. And I I think that shit's, you know, really crazy. And uh, the person we were talking about before the show is uh, there's this one kid, Evan Tamer, that Ben introduced me to. Is he an American Sniper? He is a, yeah, he's a sniper uh, for the Army. I don't know if he, I think he still is. Um, he's a sergeant. Uh, he's out in Co- Boulder, Colorado right now, actually, living out there. Um, Crazy. Don't know exactly what he's doing. I don't know if we're in the, you know, in the need to know type of right. thing. So the, um, the way I was kind of introduced to this kid, sorry to interrupt you. No, uh, you're good. I showed up to Brexville, and there's this kid just walking around school. I'm going to kill ISIS. He would watch beheading videos and laugh. I'm going to get this motherfucker. And you just sit there like, who the fuck are you? Like, you really think you're going to get these people? Like, you know, 99.9% of people talk about it. Very few really go and do it. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, now this motherfucker is 22 years old, maybe 23. Uh, I guess he was taking his ASVAP. I'm not 100% sure about this, but he was so precise about how he would kill somebody and detail-oriented that uh, 
they I think they might have given him a shot in an Army Rangers. And you were talking about he was teaching a Humvee class or some shit yeah, and never Bradley, a huge armored vehicle, almost like crowd patrol, and had never mm-hmm. fucking driven one in his day and was teaching a class because just because the kids because they expedited him on this this process of rank because he was so detailed all that he shit. finished top of his class as Ben said and it's, I was like I think those people is like is that not genius level to you know right but he's a genius level in a specific area yeah, he's, yeah I mean saying yeah. I'm gonna kill ISIS is you, <laughs> you're a fucking special guy man you're cut different man bro when people used to laugh I remember yeah, people, some people would make fun of him and then there's committing there's do it yeah and like you you believe but that. I used to hear like you know you know, obviously rumors fly people like to tease people people like I remember people used to say shit behind his back at, like I used to say at yeah, a lunch I, table we would always we would fucking call him Chris Kyle all the time <laughs> before he joined uh, before he like actually went off and joined you know Sergeant Tamer was a joke, and now it's <laughs> now he's, now he's actually a fucking sergeant. And That's it's kind of like it's like holy shit, but you can sit there and laugh about it because it's like this kid fucking. We made fun of him, and it was like there's no fucking way, and he's fucking putting he's those. It. It's mm-hmm. out there though. It's just super weird, like. And I think that's there, there's a beauty in that, and that you realize it's fucking education, not necessarily education, but school and academics. They're not fucking everything, and that's not at all. you know. And a lot of people have that perception that to be smart, you have to do good in school. I'm guilty of that. I know tons point. of people who are fucking academically, you know, they got A's, B's, whatever, and they're the dumbest people I fucking know. So <laughs> you know I, what I mean? I've, I've like, a, I have an uncle who works for the embassy of Israel between America and Israel's uh, relationships. Mm-hmm. Studied at Harvard. Fucking whiz. Can't drive a car. Really? <laughs> pulls up to a stoplight, looks at the stoplight, and he's like, thinks about how it's created, how like the engineer behind mm-hmm. all of it, and forgets how to fucking drive a car. Right. But that's also kind of a foyer thing. Like, I'm very good at doing one thing exceptionally well. I can put 100 percent effort towards it. As soon as multitasking comes, yeah, you cannot. Like, you're not like, a true gummy walk. My sister's that person. I don't Me think personally. multitasking is even a real thing. I think scientifically they proved multitasking is just. Like you can't it's you it. just being distracted multiple like in a lot, lot of like way, yeah. realistically you can only focus on one thing at a time i know you can fucking probably pick up a phone call or whatever but it like to me it's like if i'm talking to you and i'm trying to text something to somebody i'll fucking just type what i'm saying to you i'm so guilty instead of, of yeah instead of what i was trying to do because it, it just fucking takes over i don't know i feel like i can't multitask i feel like multitasking is a thing I, this is how it worked though I, I don't like to write a lot of I, shit down physically yes i see it but when you start to use try to use your brain like what you all right so this is actually a true fact people there's this idea that you can't people don't use over 70 percent, 80 percent of the brain that's, that's bullshit, bullshit. Yeah. it's big bullshit you don't use it at the same, same fucking time, time. right so i always look at multitasking is i could chew my food read a book and watch a movie but I'm putting 20% effort towards chewing food, 40% effort towards reading the book, and the other 40% towards a movie. And then all of a sudden, I'm not getting the high-level quality I want out of it. I'm not. I'm missing things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my attention to detail is miscued. Yeah, like, I think you do have to sacrifice things. Yeah, so I guess, in a way, it's like a give-and-take thing. Yeah. Like you, you're not actually, You're multitasking, but you're... Yeah, you're sacrificing. I think you're juggling a lot of things at once, quality. but not necessarily focusing on. You're not focusing Doing on them at the same exact yeah, time. Right, I mean, right. that chewing and like watching, that's kind of a little different, but like, say, like reading a document and then like paying attention to a movie at the same time. But then you think about like all the un- like unconscious things and, um, uh, what am I trying to say? What's the word for it? Like in- involuntary things that are happening in your body. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Are you not multitasking when, you're, when your heart's pumping and you're breathing and you're blinking and swallowing and 
You know what I mean? Without mm-hmm. consciously thinking about it. But what, one, I, I like what you're going with this. One thing I'd always thought about is, I always like, I'll, I'll think, well, I was just breathing the last five minutes. Like, I yeah, was like, not fucking. <laughs> fucking zone out and, yeah. So focused on something you're like, no right, game, remember, yeah. in, out, yeah. in. <laughs> so one, no, it's weird when you like take back control of your breathing. One thing I, you know, we're still, we're talking about right now is, you know, uh, public communication being my thing. I've, I've done tons of speeches just throughout school and throughout time. And I fucking hate and I know when these people aren't paying attention, I'll pass out papers before, just you know, so people know something's going on. I like I see you looking down at your phone, I see you looking down at the paper, I know you're not hundred percent attentive towards me. Your mm-hmm. ears are there, but you need eye contact to just you know, that takes it to the next quality level for you. You're hearing me, but you're gonna miss some things because you're, you're not understanding. Right. My body language, the way I'm saying it, you're missing these cues. Just like, you know, if I'm going to sit there and watch a movie, like, I have to be 100% paying attention to it. Like, I can't be on my fucking phone. Uh, I don't, like, if I'm really invested in something, I need to do it alone. Because mm-hmm. I don't like to sit there and hear Because I, fuck, I fucking hate watching a movie, watching with my dad. And my dad will ask a question. Like, it would be there, all right, pause. Let me explain this to you. Back to it. <laughs> For me, if I look at my phone or something, I rewind 10, 15 seconds to make sure I didn't miss anything because I know that, that I really it's wanna. just fucking out the door. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm a big zone out dude, though. Like, I I could be here, but I'm not really here. I could be there. I'm not really there. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. zoning out. That's, I, that's why I got drugged in school, so, you know. See, I never got <laughs> drugged in school. I was... I, I, you know, any drugs I took, I chose to take them. Bro, do you remember when I was handing uh, you and Eric... Uh, I had 70 milligram Vyvanse for cutting weight purposes. You know? <laughs> cutting and weight purposes. Yeah. Miles just not nothing like taking fucking meth. meth and yeah. <laughs> cutting 22 pounds and you pay straight attention. Up, they're like, oh, you want to go outside and play some with that speed. stick? Here's some fucking meth yeah. so you fucking pay attention. I remember <laughs> I, uh, finals were coming up and I was like, oh, like you guys need some Vyvanse. And I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to hand it to you guys right when I walk into fucking school. Or I handing it to them. Teacher, like, what are you guys doing? What do you? What is that? I don't remember what the fuck we said. I was just like, fuck. Like, had something actually gone, and they'd have been like, yo, you guys are just trading crack. I, they wouldn't do that though, because I think they're all very aware that a lot of those, uh, a majority of those kids are in the hole. Drugged up. Or drugged up. I remember Den- Denardo was one of those kids where. I mean, he I, he either has ADD or ADHD. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, attention deficit disorder. I don't remember what ADHD stands for. Attention deficit deficit hyper- hyperactive disorder. Yeah. yeah. But you would know when he was, like, if he was not on, uh, you his meds. You can tell when he was dosed. Yeah. And when he was dosed. Same way with me. Bro, when he was dosed, he was just flat, plain. <laughs> flat Stanley. It, it depersonalizes you. It, it, it's it, and, yeah. and what that's it's what, disassociative. Him, it yeah, killed, I it, it would be it. like shut up, don't talk to me. I have to focus on this right now. And I, you know, if anything that interrupts me is gonna upset me from getting this whatever done. I, I was less sociable, whatever. And then I think halfway through senior year, I just I was like, oh, I forgot to take the pill today. Uh, and then I was like, this is the best day I've had in a long time. We're off of bro, it. I would, yeah, I would, off of it. I would wake up, look at the Vyvanse, right, and I'd be like, bro, I, like, I'd almost want to cry. Like, dude, I do not want to take this. I'm not going to. Dude, you just, I mean, mm-hmm. you'd be fucking out of it. And then there's this this culture kind of started up of, like, the testing culture. We need Vyvanse when test season comes around. We got to do our finals and shit. Mm-hmm. And all the kids are going to the people with scripts and it's completely this underground drug trade in the mm-hmm. hallways of school 
And it's, I think that all starts down with the, they don't know how to handle a more creative or whatever. There, yeah, it's, this, it'll be easy us, easiest on us to not have a class clown, have a guy that's yeah. all over the place and somebody who sits in his chair and the pays attention. So yeah. we're going to drug him up and for who knows how long. Like I know yeah. people that still take five ants all the time. And for me, it was those days that I didn't take it. That was, it was probably after a couple of years of doing it Did every day, except for the weekend. And then I, and I was like, oh, shit, this is doing a lot more to you because you feel like you're supposed to conform to this thing. And it's taking away the beauty of your individual mind. Yeah. I wonder if people with those uh, who had scripts look back, think back and maybe think about part of their personality that went missing during that time. Yeah, I, I honestly think that it, it cut back on important social development that goes on through high school and and because so of crazy. that belief that oh i'm just i have add yeah, this is I, I have this thing and it's not just like why can't that just be you know that's just how he is mm-hmm. why can't why can't that just be exactly okay? and like fucking einstein was a genius because he, he was that way yeah, you know nobody was fucking drugging him right. <laughs> you know and, and people and, saw his teachers and this stories of einstein's teachers telling me he wouldn't be shit and like right. he's a class clown and things like that mm-hmm Fuck, I had a insane. super funny photo. It was like, it was some fucking meme. It was like somebody. Photos don't really go over I just, well. It was like, I just, I just saw the doctor. Guess who can say retard now? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Peter Griffin. I think, um, uh, again, too, it goes back to the even the term itself, attention deficit disorder. It's not a disorder by any means. It's a difference of viewing the world. And the, the problem is, is they, they paint it as a picture as, oh, something's wrong with you. So mm-hmm. you get, not only do you get, oh, I'm getting depersonalized, but it's, I'm fucked in the head. And it's, yeah. it's a super detrimental thought uh, to, especially people in high school, which is, depending on what size it is, it's a very, you're doing nothing but comparing yourself to other people uh, throughout all those well, years it's crazy i feel like they trained us to do that shit too yeah inadvertently it's you gotta that's have the highest gpa too. you got yeah exactly. that shit does not exist at brexville there's no valedictorian there's none of that shit they got rid of it oh really well kids used to sabotage each other and uh can you imagine the really really nerdy smart kids all talking shit and then going yeah. after the top gun yeah they, well, i remember they, eric Fu. that he's he was well the, the, we still had valedictorian at least there were two we had eric Fu and that was it jessica wang or something like yeah, that yeah yeah um but he would all be like oh, you fucking dumbass and i was like just because you are fucking sitting high and mighty on your 4.5 gpa or 5.0 yeah, doesn't never mean you done know anymore. anything yeah, else you don't know more school, you don't know more than me sure you read a book more but like, yeah like what you are know? your life experience like what yeah. does that add up to you know yeah saying? and like and you'll what i've learned is that fucking Academics don't mean shit, really. Like, oh, yeah, it's, it's important to have an understanding of history and how things have happened and why certain things lead to other um, things. Yeah, like the the coming of power of like a dictator or how fear in a society can lead to extremism and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But uh, when it comes down to it, fucking, who cares if you know PEMDAS or not? It, yeah, you man. know, down the line, it's, it's like, are you a good person? Yeah, you, can you support your family with that? Can you do this? You know. You'd yeah. be a good person on a very basic level. And this is coming from somebody who took four more of years of school voluntarily post high school, and it's like you know. We talk. I was talking about this last show with a buddy. Dom was like, all college, all undergrad at least has taught me is, can you take the material, go learn on your own, show up exam day, and get a yeah, good grade. It, That's it, it. It's they're testing uh, your ability to stay committed to getting a job done. It's no longer yeah. almost about. It's do you have what it takes to put your nose to the grindstone and get the work done. Be independent. Even when you don't like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And that, I got lucky and found something I was just which is dope. Naturally good at. And the, and fucked so, up, the fucked up part though I realized though is like when these kids get degrees, most of them do not find a job they like. They they fake until they make it. Force themselves to slowly fall in love with it. It's about money for them. That's all. That's really it is. You fall in love with that check at the that end of the day. That dated mindset of I'm gonna have a shitty job for 50 years to support it's my like, kids is is kind of going crazy. out the door. Crazy. Like, and I think the one of the beautiful things about our generations is we are more worried about um, our own satisfaction and our own mental well-being over um, again doing a job for a paycheck. I think we're part of the beauty of information age is people are now sharing experiences and mentality and how the world's impacting them. And, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think the human experience is shaping the way this, uh, generation thinks it's a lot more than any other. I like that you say that, but the other thing for me that skews me away from that is that people allow social media to limit how they experience something like, mm-hmm. You know, uh, we're all gonna go to a football game, and most of social media tells us to get drunk, get fucked up, cheer. Yeah. I mean, that's usual. I mean, mm-hmm. like right, right. they're social media is sending guidelines, and I feel keeping a lot of people trapped in this box. But it's also showing us that a lot, a lot of us, yeah. But it's also showing that a lot of us think the same. You know, we're all yeah, human at like the same of the day. We all, we can laugh about a lot of the things. We view a lot of the things are fucked up. Mm-hmm. But I think just limits. Your imagination, because yeah, you're. What's dangerous is about it is you're always comparing yourself to to something, something. So, yeah. so oh, I don't have millions of dollars. I'm not a wealthy celebrity. Like my yes. Does that Kylie matter Jenner's. if whatever you do at the end of the day gives you satisfaction? That's yeah. I'm so big on social media detox. I think it's something you should Absolutely. partake in once a year for three to four weeks if you can months, do it. It's very tough. I deleted Twitter for four years and I reinstalled it because I wanted stock advice from Elon Musk. Because every time he says, buy this, it goes up by like 8000 He was just talking about that. What's that one app you called where people... Clubhouse. He was literally just on it last one? night with the CEO of Robinhood, and mm-hmm. they asked him, like, what stock would you invest in? And he goes, oh, I'm going to watch what I say because shit I say can control the market. Yeah, absolutely. Right. He's an and, and that's what, like... I only use social media apps now, like Snapchat, Instagram, whatever, for group chats with all of the friends and stuff like yeah. that. And we'll share that's, each other content or whatever, but I don't, I don't go browsing. I don't go... I don't... Because... I found myself just getting pissed off and upset at the world every time I would scroll through. Yeah, you just you, get disappointed. You know what profession yeah. I've, I've saw this come out of this too? And I've uh-huh. never, never existed before? Influencer. You literally, yeah. your term now is for an, you're an influencer. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, I take half naked photos and I, I'm an influencer. I mean, we're on our way, bro. Right? There's, there's difference between being an influencer and providing something beneficial to the world, in my opinion. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, sure you might like, get my dick hard sure with your like booty pics, ass, but you're not but, doing anything. Well, yeah, <laughs> I know. Exactly, I like looking at ass, but, <laughs> but realistically, you're not you're not influencing people. You're just yeah, right. you're using sex cells, and that's you know, they try to they try to fucking you sell cigarettes. They try to get rid of that sport, like the Sports Illustrated. There was getting accused of oh, you only have hot chicks, whatever. And it's like that's because that. That's so, what works. Right. And, and Don't you remember that Hardy's that commercial? That girl, the hot girl eating the fucking burger and the sausage drip on her breasts, and oh, she yeah, like yeah. lick it up with the her finger. All the GoDaddy commercials that you. GoDaddy. Com- I thought oh, the go- I thought GoDaddy was a porn site. I, I was did 100%. too. I did too. Oh, yeah, I'll be honest, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know you were supposed to go there to make a website. Websites. Fucking domains. Yeah. yeah they have Danica Patrick like getting naked on every fucking commercial. I love the commercials. They were great commercials. Yeah. But yeah, had me thinking that was porn. But it's weird because like you saw this whole like 
push away from that for like the last I feel like 10 15 years and now with the influencers it's just like it's it's clear as day that that is still the constant in, in yeah nothing you know really and they're not again by influencer do you mean influencing people to buy clothing from fucking summer ray or whatever because ba- basically I, you know that's what, I mean? what it comes that's yeah. what it is you know i saw this fucking clip she kicked some dude out of like an interview or whatever first staring at her ass and i'm like your whole fucking franchise is built around your ass like how are you gonna <laughs> how are you gonna get mad at some dude for looking at what you you advertise advertise to people to look at yeah. to sell your product like it, absolutely it's crazy to me it's nuts. crazy so and so it's hard pill to swallow the, that you got to sell ass right and then <laughs> the other but thing I'm not gonna sit here and say if I had a big ass and tits I wouldn't do the same thing <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, like yeah. if it pays the fucking bill then <laughs> you're damn fucking right yeah but I guess the other thing uh, I want to bring up with that is do you think it's deteriorating people's mental health because I've never seen this level of anxiety depression. Maybe it's just, you know, more people are speaking up about it, but I feel like it's it's just getting worse because people are just doing this constant comparison. I'm not as good as this person. It's, it's, it's a such a dangerous mentality. And, like, outside of the U.S., you don't have this. There's still, like, mental health, but the U.S. is by far and large the worst country mental health-wise because of how almost Hollywood-oriented or fame-oriented and how everybody's ideal is. I want to be famous seems like a, everybody's kind of goal. Um, yeah, yeah this, there's actually a, a study I learned during my one of my psychology classes. The number one thing people want, it's not money, it's just to be known. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to walk into a room Ew. and everybody goes, yo, that's Harry. That's hey, so that's Harry gross, over there. Man. Can I get a photo? Like, And that's, that's the biggest thing. People just want to be known. They mm-hmm. want that's. It has to deal with, like, what is my legacy? But people don't think about that as much. You know, certain people do. But, like, you know, somewhere right for the rest of her life, you'll be known as the, as the girl with the fat ass on Instagram. That's her legacy. Right. <laughs> That's fucked up. But, you know, she obviously doesn't... I'm, I'm sure her as a person she wants thinks more dif- for something. She, yeah, yeah, she thinks herself. differently, but yeah, yeah. if you go... If you asked majority of her followers, going to be like, yeah, I like Summers, but... Yeah, yeah. But if, if I had to sit in a room and listen to her speak, I'd tell I'll her leave. to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it has nothing to deal with, you know... Misogyny. Yeah. But no, I think has, at the same time, it does have... I mean... Um, toxic masculinity plays a part in that, and I think. Um, me personally, that's, that's not that. it. I'm just, I'm just like I've, I've yeah. listened to some of her interviews, and it's like, what else do you really, you know? I can go have any of these conversations with other regular people. What else do you have going on other than mm-hmm. your ass? Like, are you, Maybe. are you taking this influence and promoting uh, some kind of charity? Like, exactly. You know, I was do, gonna say, if you're giving money to charity, like, yeah, by, by all means, means sell ass because you're helping other people well, with that. Yeah. But if you're just doing it for your paycheck, self that self gain shit again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I think I think instant gratification plays a part in all of that too. I think America is is the world's central as far as uh, instant gratification goes. Like everything that we're about is has to do with that some type of way, from fast food to online porn. And what else? Online porn addiction is real. If you have a problem, we have a therapist. Yeah, we have somebody that can. We have this. No, that's a that's a that's a, that's a big what problem right now. What defines that problem? Like, would it be like a daily thing or like multiple times a day? If, I believe it? it's a multiple times a day, and you uh, you, you get you get more satisfaction out of uh, masturbating than actually going to have sex. Like, no, I, mean, I don't I think mean, it's just that. I think it's just if you if it's taken away from your life, it's a problem. 
Yeah, if, you can't get <laughs> if other you're shit staying done, in instead of going out with buddies so you can fucking spank one out a few times, yeah, like you got there is a little dude. issue there. Yeah, if you miss some family's birthdays and you see your mom and you know, you know, a while, like, <laughs> I'm skipping dinner. I got business to. Sorry, attend mom. To. Yeah, I'm busy. Like, you know, uh, here's here's the following scenarios that may be signs of masturbation compulsion. Masturbating takes up a lot of your time and energy. Your home, work, or personal life is suffering because of masturbation. Yeah, you might be what? late to meetings, cancel events, or leave social <laughs> appointments early to masturbate. <laughs> What's the difference between that and fucking? Like, do I have a sex addiction at that you, point? Yeah, I mean, I think so. If you, ooh, that's that's a good question. Because if I'm sitting around a therapy, and because I don't think people dude, see a dude it tells me, way. "Yo, I have a sex addiction," I'll be like, "So what's the problem with that?" A girl looks and goes, "I have a sex addiction." I'll be like, "What's up?" Like, I don't. You know, I, I don't really look. I don't look at a problem with that one. We know, but as soon as you tell me you have a masturbation addiction, I'm like. But I do think like, all right. So say Ooh. we got one. We got two friends. We go everywhere with them. One has a masturbation problem. One has a sex addiction, let's and say, they both let's, leave let's, at let's the same time. Cracks the sex addict. Okay. And, <laughs> <laughs> who is a masturbation addict? Let's say cook. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and. uh they both leave. They both dip out to fulfill their addictions at the same time. You know, they go in different directions. They're not doing it together, but it's I, I, like the same frequency. Like, I don't think I would say that the person, I would look at the person with the sex addiction differently. I wouldn't think it was such a problem. Mm-hmm. Like, at least you have participants that you're, you know, you, at least it's not just you dipping out every five minutes to go smoke crack. Like, you got a partner. You got a partner in <laughs> that you meet up with, so it's like different, I guess. You know what I mean? But, like, this, the dude solo who's just going home to jerk off is fucking... Come on, buddy. Like, Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna leave whatever you're doing and go back and fucking... Just buy yourself. Get your like, fill. <laughs> yeah, fucking, we probably need to sit down and talk. I don't know yeah. if I want to sit down and talk with you alone. And yeah, bro, I don't know. Right? That's, that's somebody I don't know, know like, if I need to be in the same room. I might have to call bit, your but, uh, people and tell them they need to put an intervention in. Isn't it crazy, though, that there's... You know, a lot of these people have these problems, and we've allowed different world views to determine how we're going to treat that problem like at yeah. the end of the day a masturbation sex addiction they both need help they both yeah, yeah. they both that's, need a therapist that's what I'm saying that's about, yeah, but as a society us. it's like you know thumbs up you're getting laid yeah. oh you go home yeah. and masturbate you weirdo <laughs> yeah. yeah there's something wrong with us as a society um, I took a sexual education class and fucking by took a class I mean I showed up for three of the lectures because it was a fucking waste of time in my opinion they were it was it was designed around like Sex is okay, you know. Romance is okay. Protective sex. But there's, um, there's a, like, the way they taught the class was like, it was almost like, how do you? This is what we're gonna discuss. How do you think about it? There was no right or wrong can, can because you, like, how, give me an example. Um, there was it was something like, they're asking a question about like should a should a woman be judged or something I forget the exact question but this guy gave his response and he got fucking lit up by all of the people in class that were super like more liberal I guess leaning towards Mm -hmm. it and be like I can't believe you think that way blah 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 and like that's all he knew that's the only that's the only thing but it's uh, this argument going on there was no lessons taught it was we're gonna cover this topic but there's no right answers because everyone's trying to protect each other's personal feelings and the trigger warnings and shit and it it was just like kind of nowhere yeah it was like okay I mean I'll tell you that fucking condoms stop you getting STDs I don't know what's the point of this sex ed class and it was realistically all encompassing it was teaching that like it's okay to have sex, and it's a very—it's been a very stifled thing in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, 
don't think there's anything and, that really teaches you how to fuck. You can no, watch all the porn you want, all the all the movies. Like at the end of the day, you just gotta do it. Well, no, but no. I mean, you get all these like deviants and like the weird, like the the addiction and stuff like that comes from that comes from that lot of weird stifling and no, there's no open conversation about sex. It's always been taught like like. Uh, the Catholic Church is a big one. In the boys, there's that scene where um, Starfire, whatever her name is, Starlight, Starlight goes yeah. to that church thing and has to talk. She's like, I have a boyfriend, whatever, I'm not married. And the pastor's like, well, you know, you're going to sin and burn in hell. Yeah. And they're brainwashing all these girls telling them, like, yeah, it, you know. Yeah, like, these, you're terrible for having a yeah, sexual having this, identity. Yeah, having this very normal human desire. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. like that's instinctively Some throughout millions of years but dude then you have the foreign countries that, se- that mm-hmm. sell like dudes sell off their daughters that are virgins you can take my daughter's virginity for I'm pretty sure there's an American woman who just did what's this shit what's the point of that why'd you bring that up I mean we're, we were just talking about know. you know like I, I'm just thinking like sex in general like you it's something that can't be taught it's through pure experience and I think that also kind of you know maybe going to a different side of the track here is it shows that you know racism is something that is taught you're not born racist like you it's through your experiences it's through even you know how you view mental health how your world how you view the world it's purely through experience and if you're not going out there experiencing it if you're allowing social media to box in how you should view something Mm. uh, you know agenda setting framing priming like Mm -hmm. you're never you're you're a sheep that's that's how i look at it Man, let your freak frag fly. You know, dude, dude it's, it's, be a fucking freak. Yeah, to an extent, open. until you know it impacts other problem. people here's, negatively. Yeah. Here's <laughs> my here's my big thing, and here's how I would even call the episode. It's it's weird, or it's normal to be weird. It's weird to be normal. We're not calling the episode. Though. All right, whatever. But it's normal to be weird. It's weird to be normal. Yeah, yeah. That's that's how I look at it. You know, be be a freak, man. If, and like at the end of the day, saying. fuck what anybody has to think. If you're happy at the end of the day, you you like sucking toes. You know, you like nibbling furries. ears. I got nothing against. I saw a lot of furries at Kent, and I was I was thrown I, I was thrown off by it the because this girl literally, you know, she addressed herself as a cat. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. you know, at, what's your fursona, Harry? Persona, you hear that? What's your persona? Bro, that's hilarious. <laughs> Me personally, that is so funny. What what do what do I view myself as, or what I what no, have I had? Like I've had what would you be if you were? I've had Cook call me a hyena. That's cool. I think I'd be a yeah, a testosterone-driven fucking vicious I, animal. I'm a hyena. Because when I'm with the herd, Remember? I'm laughing my ass off and I'll <laughs> fuck with you. But then when I'm by myself, I'm I'm gonna snip at you There's just a, to fuck with you. When hyenas are born, they're so fueled with testosterone that the first kid that comes out will turn around and try to kill the other one coming out of the womb jesus that's that's how fucking, i don't know if i'm a hyena <laughs> that's how fucking, like that. jesus they're nuts they also have the strongest bite force i think i don't know if they're canines that, technically, i heard you can't snap their necks no you, if hyena fucking I mean, cra- you see their necks their necks actually look like the strongest part of the body almost. yeah their whole body's almost designed around the neck it looks like yeah they're fucking, they like that honey <laughs> yeah they look like fucking Danny DeVito. What's yours? What do you guys? <laughs> My furry. What do you identify as? I'll be a panda. You ever seen that episode of South Park, like the sexual harassment panda? <laughs> Where like all the mascots go together and shit? <laughs> I think I'll be him. It's the sexual harassment panda. <laughs> like, that shit is great. What about you? Uh, mine would probably be a sloth because I do not mind just fucking <laughs> Nothing sexier than a sloth. And, yeah, dude. Fuck, it's just, uh, just fucking Jeez. lazy. Sloth. All about cool. it. I'll see that. I'll you don't gotta that. do shit. You sleep all the time. That sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you damn fucking right. That's funny as fuck. That being said, I do not have a persona. Yeah. <laughs> Just I'm to a, clarify. That's not for me. I think I'm. Uh, 
I like to lose layers when I'm in that kind of mood. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I want to put something on. Man, that sounds like you lose or, a lot of weight. Yeah, you know, like, like, like a, like a sauna suit almost. Yeah. God, fucking, I have PTSD from that. I wake up in the middle of the night. Yeah, I don't think you can do it. My heart is racing. My anxiety is going through the roof. I have, I have PTSD from cutting weight in sauna suits. Yeah, I that, can't step in a sauna anymore. I hate. Not only is it physically exhausting, that does a lot of shit to you mentally. That Bro, like, I watched my teammate like get locked in a sauna by one of our coaches, and he started crying. He's like, dude, you have to lose four more pounds. Like, I, I can't let you out. It's either you go run. Till you drop, or you sit in that sauna and sweat out, and it's like I'm, I'm gonna sit in the sauna and cry. I've I've had a f- <laughs> yeah, cry out. I've cry out that water wave. Now personally, I've <laughs> never I've never cried in a sauna, but I've definitely been at wit's end where it's like, God, if you kill me now, I have no problems. So I've done Why the fuck am I doing this? I've, 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 <laughs> yeah. when, I probably was not healthy when I used to drive to go work out, and this was when, before I went to Brexel. Like Mayfield's wrestling team was not good. I was very lonely during these weight cuts. I was mm-hmm. by myself. I remember I would drive in the snowstorms. I'm like, can I just crash my car, blame it on the weather, and get out of cutting weight? <laughs> I faked. I faked. I arm right now. I wrestled, I wrestled the number one kid in the country, got my fucking ass whooped, faked a back injury so I could eat whatever I want for a month. The, the week I came back, shit. Yeah. Horrible funny. decision. Andres would always tell me, he's like, dude, you dream about food. I became obsessed with man, big man versus food. Huge would watch it when I was cutting weight, oh, obsessed dude, with the fucking awesome. show. I would I would send Adam <laughs> letters, being guy. like that was. I would I went to Germantown in Columbus because he did uh, one of the burger competitions there. I can't remember what the fucking name of the place is. I had to ask my dad, and I just fell in love with like I literally would search like what places has Adam been to that is in my area. I can go fucking Didn't try. Did you go to PJ's at one point? That fucking he went, he did the Melch challenge. I know no, that, yeah, I that fucking. I mean, it's impossible, bro. You gotta eat. A five pound grilled cheese, it's a pound of fries cheese, and yeah, coleslaw. Much, Here's you eat that much cheese, you're but not shitting I, for a week. The thing is though, I was <laughs> I would have so invested in these food challenges, I would look up reviews and start to read about people's uh, how they would take on these challenges. Like one dude talked about when he took on the melt challenge, it took him a few attempts, and what he figured out was as soon as you get it, peel off the top layer of bread, take the cheese, roll them up in balls, pop them. Because if you allow the cheese to sit, you're fucked. So then yeah, once that, you eat yeah. all the cheese balls, Throw the fries on the sandwich, cover it in coleslaw, and get that bitch down. Because if you wait too long and you allow that cheese to settle, you're never going to pass. No. Man. What I was about to say. Oh, it was, it was, it was oh, the Thurman Cafe in Columbus. Okay. Bro, let me show you the size of the bro. This, I mean, I got food poisoning when I went. <laughs> I, I, I was Sounds at a, like a great review. I was at a tournament, bro. I was at a fucking, I mean, just look at these photos. I was at a tournament, cut oh. like 15 pounds. Got a burger uh, that had ham and that had ham with it. Mm-hmm. And there's a bacteria called Campylobacter. It's a type of food poisoning. It's when you mix these different, basically uncooked meats, mm. bacteria yeah, mixed. You can't keep them together. Yeah. Dog, I had just got done cutting 15 pounds, put all my weight back on. Next day, I'm shitting blood out my ass. I am throwing up. I lose all my weight and some. I lose 23 pounds now. And, bro, it's at the point where I literally slept next to a toilet for two days, went into the doctor, like, man, you got to shit in this bucket. I looked at my mom, cried. I was like, mom, like, it's just going to be pure blood coming out my ass. It's not even fun anymore. <laughs> not it's not <laughs> even fun anymore. <laughs> like, at first, it was funny to me. Like, oh, bro, like, I just pooped three times. And then it went from brown to red. And I was like, all right, now this is getting kind of serious. And then it no longer was stool. It was just pure blood. And I was like, right, this like, oh, oh, I got a problem. <laughs> uh, and they're not throwing up stomach acid. There was nothing left in me. And my mom's like, all right. Um, the doctor's like, we get, here's your option. You can come in an IV dehydration. You're going to be hooked up to a hospital bed. 
You can force that shit down. What did my mom do? She got a beer bong, put it with Gatorade, force that shit down my throat, mm. would force white rights down my throat, and it's, it's one of two things gonna happen. I'm gonna throw it up, or blood's coming out my ass. And I literally was in such a dark fucking time that I would never wish food poison. I would never wish, I mean, there's a difference between you're shitting a ton from food poisoning. I would never wish Campylobacter or any coli at the same time on my worst enemy. Yeah. Worst experience I've ever had in my life from, now there's no weight cut, there's no sickness, there's there's no death I've had experienced that has brought me to wit's end of God wanting to take my soul to wherever you go when you die to what I experienced with this. Yeah, that is insane. Thanks for that graphic, very detailed uh, portrayal. And I'm that kid that sends shit videos on Snapchat. Like, it's hilarious to me, bro. I did not want to take one shit video during this because I was in severe pain. Man. Dude, you just, my stomach was fucking getting squeezed and I just lay next to the toilet like. Your body's just like, get this shit out of me. Man. (laughs) I was going to interject and ask you questions, but, or uh, make a point out of that, but. I don't really feel like Not it anymore. I think, we're, <laughs> I think we're at that point in the episode that we'll re... Uh, the spotlight. Yeah, we start to transition out of here. Is uh, is there anything, you know, you're the most important person in the world when you're on here. You are the is most there, important Is there a certain thing you feel world. needs, you want to address, needs to be talked about? You know, any anything, anything we didn't cover, cover or... Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we, talk, just we talked a lot about on. a good stuff, uh, about a lot of good things today. Um, I guess the other thing... Most I, important take... Oh, go ahead. I guess the other thing I would ask too is any advice you give the audience like I always ask people it can be a three word like what's the quote oh, when yeah, people listen to Ben Manley's episode like what, what what's the quote that's above your head uh, be excellent to each other from Bill and Ted's excellent adventure that's fire that is I think if everybody just kind of keeps that in the back of their mind yes. uh, the world's going to be a better place we can all know? be excellent we all have the capacity for it let's try mm-hmm. and, uh, and then just being able to under, understand where other people are coming from having the ability to Look at things in an outside perspective. Um, I think that's the most beneficial thing we can do for society right now and one that's so divided. Um, there's not a lot of people kind of agreeing on things anymore. It's picking a side and fighting I'll, that I'll hang point you if of you're view. not on my side. Yeah, and it's like, and then it leads to uh, things we've had happen in the past few weeks with the inauguration. and I think, I think it's awesome when you that, have somebody you disagree with. That is the greatest conversation you can exactly have. Exactly, because it, you both should learn from it. Yes. Don't be so... Uh, don't be afraid of conflict, but also don't promote it. I guess. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, tell the people what you got going on, how they can get in contact with you, if they, you know, anything with filming, like, you know, this, this is your questions question. for us that we can answer before. Yeah, like, you know, this is your moment to promote yourself. Tell people what you got going on, um, shit like that. Anything you'd be interested in in the future if they need to connect with you? you know, yeah, I do, uh, I do some freelance film work, photography. Um, I'm sure you can probably put, like, my Instagram or whatever. Yeah, we're going to tag you there. up on Instagram. Yeah. Um, for sure. I'll give you that account to put on there. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm just looking for the world to get back on track to, A, a little less uh, tumultuous and toxic time, and uh, I'm looking forward to film starting back up, getting back into it, starting to to create, you know. Being hands-on again. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Check out our Instagram page at WeImportant. If you want to be a guest, you can email us at weimportant at gmail.com. Kind of tell us why you want to come on here, what you want to talk about, what you want to turn the spotlight on, and why you're important and why your opinion is but always know at the end of the day that your opinion matters to yourself and never have a disbelief in what you do uh yeah. self-belief is the biggest thing and uh, it can take you very far 
Yeah, and as we continue on, just um, keep us in the back of your minds. Like we wanna, we wanna be here to support everybody and you know give everybody the spotlight so don't be afraid to ask don't be afraid to hit us up what we got going on and if you don't like what we said man i mean t- you know shoot shoot us a dm tell us, tell us what you didn't we'll like we'll bring you on here if have you have a conversation about it yeah. also i think uh anybody that you you know think could learn from this share this with them you know because i think yeah. this is important that uh people from our generation listen to other people from our generation talk about how they see the world because if you don't like what we got to say man you never you never know i always believe be uh empathetic be sympathetic you know Mm -hmm. it's it's huge if you can just put yourself in somebody's shoes for a second you don't have to agree with them you may not feel what they're feeling but at least try to take a moment to understand why they have this view absolutely because we just want to show that you know it's all real life for all of us it's not easy it's not always fun all the time but it's always going to be important to keep going and Everybody here is here for a reason. And we're just going to figure that out together. Yeah. Be weird and be proud. Stay ready. Yep. We important. Uh, stay tuned next week for our next episode. But this one was fucking awesome. Very was uh, Super cool conversation. I love the spontaneous I love shit. Ben. This is actually my first time sitting down with Ben in person. And yeah. I mean, totally right up my alley as a guy. I fuck, I fuck with a guy. I'll come back. Yeah, yeah you were always. You, we were telling we Dom, were like, you're, you're great. I mean, bro, the spontaneous. Sp- I mean, this was just yes. a great fucking episode. You are yeah. v- always welcomed on here. Like, I mean, this and we is had to come awesome. through because we actually, everybody knows we're trying to get into the video part of this. We want to take this to the next medium and hit YouTube and things like that. And you are here to uh, consultate us, honestly, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's dope that you, you got to sit down and be a guest and we got to pick your brand about all the stuff you got going on. It's really cool. Without your consent, we're in your ear. <laughs> stay, stay, what'd you say? Stay, stay ready, ready, stay hot and heavy. Thanks All for tuning in. We important. Y'all know what it is. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, no problem. <laughs>